This week, the number one show on Netflix was You're So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah. <laughs> hey, Justin. Yes, Dave. Why are people watching this? I don't know, Dave, but let's figure it out. Ooh, you sorry boy. about that. Yeah, there was a... Uh, you changed fonts and it and I got confused. I thought I didn't know what was part of the title and what wasn't. Oh, I should I should have bolded it size eighteen so it's yeah. just easier for your old man <laughs> eyes to read. But anyway, uh, welcome everybody to Why Are People Watching This, the podcast where a group of friends gets together, watches the number one television program on mm-hmm. Netflix, mm-hmm. which apparently still exists. It does. It's hanging in there. Yep. And then asks and answers the question, Why are people watching this? So number one for a while, I guess, has been this one, which is uh uh, oh God, what is it? <laughs> You're so not invited so... to my bat mitzvah. Which I watched like four or five days ago and I took all these notes and then I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, what was this movie about? I could like, I somehow yeah. forgot it all, but it'll jog my memory as we get into it, Dave. Exactly. Yeah. I'm the same thing. I watched it last week sometime and I'm like, oh, and I can, I had to really remind myself what we were actually doing. Yeah. So there's no Ashley here today. Nope. She's off, uh, I don't know, at a cabin on a lake doing end of summer crap. Yep. Dave, why don't we do anything fun anymore? We just sit around know. and watch these movies and then <laughs> just wait to die. Who said this wasn't fun, though? Come on. Oh, yeah. Okay. It wasn't <laughs> It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, for sure. Right. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into this. Let's get into this thing. All right. This Adam Sandler <clears throat> and all the other Sandler's vehicle. Yep. Okay. Here's what Netflix had to say about it. Yeah. Stacy and Lydia are BFFs who've always dreamed about having epic bat mitzvahs. However, things start to go comically awry when a popular boy and middle school drama threatens their friendship and their rite of passage. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's I don't know, good. comically awry. Well, I don't think they should be using adjectives to describe their <laughs> own movie. Bantering that term around, yeah. I'm not sure. Let the movie speak for itself, man. Yeah. Don't throw us adjectives that you can't live up to. Yep. Uh, well, what well, you, okay, how would you describe it differently? Because that sounded like a perfectly cromulent premise yeah. for a film. Okay, here's what I had to say about this. Adam Sandler appears in a movie with his two daughters and his wife. He stands around in several scenes like a dad watching his kid mow the lawn for the first time. His daughter portrays a worked-up middle schooler who wants nothing more than to couple up with a mop-haired class D-bag and have the most epic bat mitzvah the world has ever seen. The only problem is the mop-haired D-bag is trolling for the rest of the grade 7 girls and the epic bat mitzvah bar is set pretty high as every tween in this movie is having a Grammy after-party level bat mitzvah (laughs) seemingly every day of the week. Who is paying for all this? (laughs) That's a good question. This is some expensive shit. Yes. Oh, my God. All right, here we go. Here's mine. Um, It's Never Have I Ever, but with a Jewish family instead of an Indian one. And bonus, everyone in the family is related to Adam Sandler. Sandler, (laughs) Or, in one case, actually is Adam Sandler. (laughs) But this film doesn't hit the mark in the same way as Never Have I Ever, mostly because the protagonist, Stacy, is unaware of how repugnant her behavior is. At least Devi Vishukumar knew she was a train wreck from the start. It took to the very end of this movie for Stacy to realize that she was a bad person. <laughs> Unfortunately, the rest of us knew it from the start, which means we spent the entire film actively rooting for the protagonist's demise. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Okay, I knew there was some... I was like, when have I seen this kind of thing before? But it's never have I ever, it's now a, that you mention it. Yeah, it's with very, very, even very, the, very Even similar. the voiceovers, except there's no... No um, John McEnroe. No John McEnroe. No. Yeah. To, hmm. All we get is a Adam Sandler in his, essentially his regular clothes. Yeah. His, he's always wearing really baggy shorts. That seems to be the only thing Adam Sandler wears. And now that he's rich and has his own production company... He, didn't, he did not even try. Didn't to, even he, change. He didn't even show up to, to, to wardrobe first thing in the morning. He just, one, one scene, he just walked in with his, war, those, with his, with his like, bathrobe on. A thousand percent. Those are just his clothes. He's just walking in to make up, and, yep. and then he goes on set. Yep. Okay. It doesn't change. Well, what did you like? Did you like anything about this? This was okay, I guess. Could have been a lot better, but also worse. Yeah, there's some things I liked about it. Um, first of all, like the the kids all reminded me of my niece, and okay. that they're all sort of like talking nonsense and having stupid drama and. It was ridiculous and toxic, and everyone's terrible. Uh, and and it just, I'm like, well, that's actually kind of true to life. Like, this isn't outside of the realm of possibility in terms of like tween teen drama. I feel like, yeah, is this is this what's really going on with the tweens? I feel like it is. I think it might be. It seems really sad, but I think this is what's happening. Yeah, and so in that sense, it's it's a good movie because it's probably recognizable for that demographic. True to life, yeah. Yeah. So so that's nice. I like that. What about you? Um, I learned a lot about, uh, like Jewish coming of age. I okay. didn't know, you know, I knew about bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs just as, you know, a concept, but you know, like the Jewish school thing, like all the stuff they're learning in Jewish school and yeah. how they have to read from the, from the Torah and all that other stuff. That was all interesting. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a Jewish, uh, education for me. Yeah. I mean, that's nice in the same way, like never have I ever was teaching you about like Indian family dynamics and yeah. things you wouldn't know unless you're part of that community. So yeah, this this the double down on the Jewishness of it all, which yeah. I think is you know you don't see that that often in just like a regular teen comedy. No, no. So that's good. Um, <laughs> there was the the one comedian there. I think she's on SNL. She was like that the hip teacher, the quasi hip teacher. Yeah, the rabbi. The rabbi, yeah. and she was doing some funny shtick every once in a while. But at some point, she was on a treadmill and she just started walking sideways <laughs> on a, the treadmill, and that just that struck me as just very funny. Yeah, like she's good with like physical comedy, and that was just a good, unexpected, stupid physical comedy bit. Yeah, I think she was she was really trying hard, and I think some some of her things landed for sure. Yeah, so I yeah. liked uh, I liked her sometimes. Cool. Uh. The Sandler girls in this, I thought, did a did a good job. This didn't just seem like a, um, you know, a, one of those cases where like a, a famous actor just puts his whole the, family in the a nepo baby issue. The nepo baby issue. There you go. Yeah, I was searching for that term. Yeah, I, I mean, thought Sonny Sandler did a did a pretty good job because really she's the one holding this together. I mean, this is an Adam Sandler movie, but literally he's just standing in the background and in some cases just sleeping in the background. Yes. Like she's literally doing sleeping. all the heavy lifting. Yeah, she is definitely doing the heavy lifting. And for her first time out, which I think this was. This is like her 10th time out. Is it? Yeah, she's been in movies of, of in some form or voiceover work with her dad's stuff for quite a while, I think. Oh, uh, okay. So, but not as the lead, right. I don't think. So this is like her first, like, I'm carrying a movie for sure. Right. And her sister too as well. Yeah. The older sister, um, just kind of being the sardonic kind of older sister sure. character, right? Just like, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, they were. I mean, they they grew up around their dad 
in his films and they've been part of his films and so they're sort of in the know when it comes to hollywood and acting or whatever yeah they're not the world's greatest actors but as far as like uh, an average teen actor they're you know they've seen worse i've seen worse yeah so i agree not bad these kids yeah um there there's some funny lines here and there that i kind of liked some of the writing was okay it's like with all adam sandler stuff sometimes i'm just like oh my god this guy and other Mm. times i'm like that's quite funny and at one point they're fighting and he says like that's why we fought the nazis so you could have a mojito bar yeah like that was a funny line (laughs) yeah that was good yeah and then when that little friend group was commenting on the sort of mean friend group and they're like i love and hate them at the same time (laughs) that was funny like there was a few lines that were were, i mean the writing is not as good as like you know never have i ever or some other stuff that we see but there was some bits that were pretty good yeah yeah i agree there's some funny gags uh I, I appreciated seeing uh, Louise Guzman in this. Totally random, yeah. Yeah, totally random. But the parts with him and Adam Sandler just standing there riffing were, were yeah. kind of were kind of some of the funnier. Are bits they like in it. friends in real life or something? I would think so. I mean, they're both probably have been in other things together. I would think. Yeah, comedian, maybe. comic actors. Um, I did like when she jumped off the cliff, and then like her pad shows up, and um, and all the other girls jump to her defense. Yes, that was that was uncharacteristic. I thought it was. Uh, yeah, but I wonder also if that if that would ring true. Like if a bunch yeah, of oh, guys. Yeah, I think it would nowadays. It nowadays. Would. Yeah. Back in the day, back in our time, Dave, certainly not. Yeah. Like she would have been ostracized. But uh, I think now, like I think women would be like, or other girls would have jumped to her defense in that way. And so that was. Um, it struck me as an old guy, like unexpected. I'm like, that's an unexpected turn. Yeah. yeah. So that was cool. Yeah, no, I I noticed I really picked up on that too. I noticed that. Yeah, um, I, I wrote down DJ Schmally with a schmally schmally with a question mark. I can't tell if I like this guy or just despise him. But the same thing. but the fact that he was there in all these scenes and everybody seemed to be liking him, and I was really trying to figure out what is about this guy that's everybody likes, and is there a funny bit to him? But I couldn't really tell. But I, I just. I guess I put it down as a like because it kind of piqued my interest. Like, what what is this guy's story, I, right? Same for me. I wrote it, but I wrote under under grumbles and gripes for the same thing. I'm like DJ Schmooley, what though? Question mark. Because <laughs> like I just didn't know what he seems like. He's this angry Israeli. I, yeah. I'm assuming he's Israeli because he's, he's got Israeli. this really thick accent, and then he's got like a toupee, but then he's crashing his car into people all the time. It's totally I didn't, random. And, but at the same time, yeah, everybody likes this guy as a DJ. I'm not sure what's going on. I feel like Adam Sandler has so many movies where just has that one just ridiculous just and it's usually off. rob schneider <laughs> and in this case it was dj schmooley and it's just like what is this person this impossible human being and i didn't i also was like i don't know if i hate this character or it's funny i couldn't figure it out either so i didn't know what to make of him yeah that, um that's I th- all i had i got a couple more here like okay. the old jewish ladies yelling about stuff that was funny i mean it's yeah. sort of tra- tired trope but funny enough um and I thought it was, it was interesting in a sense that like, uh, she was putting together that film in the end, a cut of all of her friend doing embarrassing stuff. And I'm like, that's kind of an interesting commentary on the modern world where kids mm-hmm. are filming everything. Yes. And so like teenagers now, like my niece again, who's so similar to these, like she does something and she's really into like one musician. And then six months later, she's like, oh, I hate that musician. They're so stupid. I'm so yeah. much more mature now. So, like, everything she's been filming of her life is stupid and dumb six months later. So, like, I feel like 
every kid is now sitting on a treasure trove of embarrassing information that's already out on the internet. Yeah, and like that must you, be a hard way to live. Like you probably have that one picture of you know your butt that somebody took when you were getting in the tub when you were like six years old, yeah. right? But yeah, these yeah, you're right. I mean, they these because once it's out there in Instagram or whatever, it's just there for. Yeah. Ever, right? So what a different world they live in and that these kids have documented all aspects of their lives, 90% of which they're probably embarrassed by, but it's already out there. Yeah. And uh, and so this movie was sort of, um, ta- it wasn't really doing sophisticated commentary on that, but it was an important part of it. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. And then I liked the name Kim Chang Cohen, because <laughs> yeah, like the Chinese Jewish <laughs> mashup there, but like that also reminded me of... Um, Paxton Hall Yoshida. Yes. <laughs> I, I feel like it was a complete ripoff of Paxton Hall Yoshida. Oh, still... you're right. You're right. Oh, this is why this seems so familiar. I was yeah. like, what is going on here? I feel like I've seen this before, but I obviously haven't. Yeah. It, it's the same thing. Kim yeah. Hall Chang or Kim Chang Cohen. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's it, I guess. That's really all I got. Okay. Oh, yeah. other than like when the two teen tween girls were fighting after the, after she jumped off the into the water and then they're fighting she's like what the hell like why are you yelling me but that fight which where they were both kind of irrational yes seemed legitimate i'm like oh yeah that's just how tweens would fight like neither of them are making any sense they're just angry they're just mad yeah yeah which i i didn't mention before but samantha lorraine who was the other was the best friend yeah she's great yeah she's a great actor i thought like her scenes were actually i think outshone um Oh. Sonny Sandler's for sure. Oh, for sure. That I, I like I whoever that actor is. What did you say her name? Samantha Lorraine, I believe. Yeah, she's quite a good actor. Yeah, she she seems real to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would say. Real. That would be my. Yeah, because the other ones are like, oh, this is the Adam Sandler girl pretending to be this character, whereas her, her I'm like, ah, that that's a real person. She's doing yeah. a great job. Yeah, and asked to do some embarrassing, stupid shit, and then uh, doing a good job with it. So, yeah. congrats to her. Yes. She's got a she's got a great career ahead of her, Dave. She's got a great career ahead of her. <laughs> Can't wait to see what she's gonna produce. Yep, you haven't heard the last of her, that's for sure. <laughs> yep. You heard it you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, Dave hot and Justin's scoops. hot takes hot Hollywood hot. scoops. You everyone comes to us, Dave. Yeah. For their just, hot takes. Yeah. If only the Hollywood press would mine the depths of our knowledge about all this stuff. Yeah, this is going to be on TMZ tomorrow. David Justin, have a hot take on this hot new actor you've never heard of. Right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> what did you not like about this? Come on and tell me what you don't like. I'm going to tell you what I don't like. Come on and hit me with your insides, grumbles and gripes. Okay. Um, first of all, like I wrote down, like we're 10 minutes into this and I've heard 28 different songs. It seems like every time they went somewhere, there's a scene change. There's a new pop song to back it up. That's true. Yeah. They're in the car. There's like music. Yeah. They're at the, they're, they seem to be at a, a I've never heard every 10 minutes. Yes. Of this. Never heard more songs in a movie in my whole life. And I think that was a, just sort of a crutch a little bit to like, to give it some oomph and some movement because it'll it's not like a lot happened necessarily yeah so i think they just put a lot of like montage music scenes in yeah so that was like uh, that was distracting for me okay i was confused um and and this is probably just my stupidity i think but like the jewish school they were in is that their regulars because i was like were they in regular school before and now they're in jewish school and it's like sunday school and I think like that's kind of what the the process is, right? That that would be temple. 
Am I wrong about this? They, yeah. So I was thinking, is, is the Jewish school part of Temple, or is this is there are they going to like a private Jewish school? Because I feel like the first couple scenes they were at an actual school, and then they're at this Jewish school, and I was I guess I was confused as to where they were. Not that it really makes any difference, but. No, I think I think you're right. I think it's like an an extra bit of schooling that they go to. It's not like their main school because right. like that Mateo kid. Yeah, he, they were they're they talking were, about him coming in. Yeah. So and I was like, was he at? Because there was was there scenes at a regular high school at some point? I don't know. See, I don't know. Anyway, I, I, it, I got confused. Well, I wasn't that's that's my enough. ignorance, I guess, about it. Yeah. In a way, which is which would have been nice if they had cleared it up for us, like non-Jewish folk. Yep. Um, well, oh, speaking of Mateo, I, I simply did not understand why they did not like Mateo from the get-go. Nobody and liked Mateo. Right away, they're like, they all hated this kid. And, this, and the, he did nothing. There was nothing about him that would make you think, oh, what an unpleasant person. Of course, they don't like him. It was almost, it's the inverse, right? Because they all were kind of a little bit despicable on some level or not. Another, and then he was like pure. So maybe they... Uh, yeah. They didn't like him. I don't know. But it was for us, the audience, just a confusing. Like, how would any human being have such a visceral reaction to a person who's objectively sort of But you know what fine? What struck me, and immediately I was transported back to grade seven. And I remember, like, because grade seven is that time where you've got, like, a few of these, like, like uh, hyper-testosterone um, boys who suddenly are, like, look like full-grown men. But yep. at the same time, you've got a bunch of, like... Little dudes. Little yeah. dudes, right? And I remember there being that mix in our class and there was like, you know, I was somewhere in the middle, but there was a little dude and, um, you know, he almost, and, and, and I think that, that struck me like that sort of situation where they were, you know, looking down on him cause he was like, he was, underdeveloped. Just, he was an underdeveloped little kid. Right. And that's what it felt like to me. I was like, oh, that's what this is. Maybe you're right. But cause I couldn't, I couldn't, it didn't jive. Like you say, with his behavior, he was just being nice and kind. Yeah. And, but and then trying. later on she wants to get with him. Yeah. And it felt like she was trying to get with a toddler. <laughs> so it was because like, he was this, like a runt, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't yeah, I don't know what they're going for there either. Yeah. I think yeah, it's it was kind of confusing. So I, for the first bit of this movie, I have to say, I wrote down I don't understand the plot. Right. It seemed like she wanted she had a bat mitzvah coming up. Yes. And that was it. Uh, and then at some point it was clear that she really wanted this boy. Yes. And then and then it got to the plot point long, a while into the movie where where um her friend Lydia or whatever mm-hmm. got with him and then she wanted this boy back. Right. But like the whole movie seemed to be like she just wants to get with this objectively terrible boy yeah. and she does these terrible things to her best friend, talks behind her back, spreads terrible rumors to try and get with this boy. Yes. That was the plot of the movie, but that just made her fundamentally irredeemable. Like, you're just like, oh, no. Like, she has nothing else other than just desire to be with this one terrible kid. So she's a terrible person, and he's terrible, and everything's terrible. And poor yeah. Lydia. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that was to set up this whole idea, like the the bat mitzvah the, is about suddenly um, the concept is, your father is no longer responsible for your sins. So when you bat mitzvah, you're now an adult and you're, you're, you're held accountable for your own mistakes, 
right? So yeah, it, it, if like they had to just go really deep on the mistakes. Well, they did so that so that they could hold her accountable, right? It's true, but and that and that was obviously the turning point of the film. Like she has that realization at yeah. that time, and she has to be an adult about it. But like up, that's what I was saying in the in the synopsis. Like up until that point, which is again eighty five percent of the movie, right? She's just irredeemable and cruel yes it's and you're true. like oh man this is just cringy and i don't like her i don't like her yeah uh and the, therefore like i didn't want her to succeed i'm like she doesn't deserve this bot mitzvah or this this plot turn she's about to get where she realizes she's a bad person because she's a bad person yeah it was i would call it like a flat arc or something like yeah. she just kind of nosedived into this negativity yeah and then at the very end just kind of bloop popped her nose out of it and it was you know. unearned i think yeah, and to the point, yeah, you're right, it was almost cringe, especially when they piled on, like, because she'd already kind of done these horrible things to her friend and said mean things and, and pushed her away and whatever with the whole nipple hair stuff and all that. And then the video, oh, so the, that video, the was, video a- was just piling on. To me, it was like, oh, they're not going to do this, are they? And then and then we had to kind of watch the whole video that they'd already shown us before in her making of the video. And we had to kind of sit there as an audience and just, and, and maybe that's good filmmaking. I don't know. I felt really uncomfortable and maybe that's what I was supposed to feel. Well, my daughter but, left. Like yeah. we tried to watch this with her and she's like, I can't watch this. This is too cringy. Yeah. Uh, and I agree. Like when that video came on and everyone saw it and she didn't stop it. Yes. Like that was like, there is no coming back. There is no redeeming this character. And I know they're going to do it. I know they're going to have the turn and they were going to redeem her, but I'm like, I'm not going to believe it because nobody can come back after such a awful thing yeah and and maybe and maybe this is just because of the kind of things adam sandler does is with his humor like fart jokes and queef jokes and stuff like that maybe for him that wasn't so horrendous right because that's kind of his that's his playground you know it's like farts and physical that kind of stuff so for regular people you're just like oh this is horrible well i yeah i I watch and i was like i I don't know if this is necessary and i really had difficulty watching it because i was like oh oh you're really this is yeah like you're yeah you're not redeemable i, I, don't I wrote down like a grand gesture a grand gesture can't really fix this i wrote as the video is playing i'm like it's over yeah I'm like well, you've lost us the audience yeah that's how i felt yeah yeah and then and then the gesture in the end isn't really enough i don't think to to resurface her from this no un- underworld that she's I, gone into like they should have had like davy right like Davy was struggling with the fact that she would do something stupid and then regret it and then go to therapy and talk about it and then yeah. try and be a better person and then mo- get a little bit better but then fall back and do something stupid and so we're there with her struggling with herself right yeah which is why even though she's doing stupid bad things sometimes worse things than this like you are with her whereas this girl only just did bad things yes until it culminated in the worst thing and then you're like <laughs> So that's why I'm like, great, she deserves everything she gets. That's <laughs> how I felt about it. Yeah, they pushed the needle too far, I think, is the problem. That's right, that's yeah. right. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, these movies were, were the adults' only kind of point seems to be just to lavish these kids with, like, things and stuff uh-huh. and whatever they want. And, like, I, I don't know. They make me uncomfortable. Um there's no real connection, you mean? I, yeah, I, I can't connect with it. And I also feel like, oh, this is going to end so poorly because your kids are just going to grow up like expecting all this to be lavished on them by life. And then you're going to be dead and they're going to be like, you know, why aren't I being like, uh, 
you know, why aren't all these things just coming to me naturally, yeah. right? I, I wonder if it's because, like, this is produced by Adam Sandler and everyone, and, like, they have just a ton of money, so they just, it's hard for them to reframe what it would be like to be a regular person and a regular family where you don't yeah. just give your kid everything and have everything. And I get, yeah, there was just a couple scenes where the kids were just like, oh, I can't believe that I have to, you know, whatever. And it was just, like, appalling that they would... And their parents would be like, oh, dear, it's just this one time or, you know. Yeah, they're being coddled. Yeah, it just felt like they were being coddled. And I just, I don't know, those makes me uncomfortable in movies because I just feel like it's not going to end well, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Another reason why it's hard for us to relate to it as an audience, I think. Can't relate to her spoiled character, her mean character. Like the parenting didn't seem correct. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um. I just, I had already said this, but like, why is Luis Guzman in this film? Like, he just, he just sort of seems shoehorned in. Yeah. He shows up as Luis Guzman, but then in a yarmulke and like hanging around with like a bunch of random Jewish people and then like doing weird, sticky stuff. I think he was just over at Adam Sandler's place for the weekend and he's like, I'm making this movie. Why don't you come yeah. down and we'll just throw you in? Yeah. Yeah. Totally bizarre. Um, Anyway, oh, yeah, and I'll say, like, the, the lady who I liked, the one who did the sideways treadmill, like, also sometimes when she did the, like, she had the maracas out and she was singing that cringy song about <laughs> God is random, which is kind of funny. And it, it's kind of funny, but it was also kind of like, what, uh, what's happening? It was, like, I couldn't get a beat on whether or not I thought she was hilarious or I hated it. Yeah, it was one of those things that it went on too long, whatever it was. Yes, it went on too long. It's like a DJ Shmooley situation. I'm yeah. like, do I love or hate this? And I couldn't get a beat on her either. Yeah, I I was really struck by Adam Sandler in this because of how out of place he seemed, like how he just seemed like he just wandered into this movie. Like he doesn't, you know, I know he's the father and he is literally the father of these girls, but he couldn't seem less like... Their father. Their father, right? Like he's just there, like, and the wife, his wife's like, so the wife and the daughter are fighting and that all seems believable and the wife can't find her earring and he just kind of wanders through the scene and he's just there. <laughs> he's just there commenting on Adam Sandler on a movie he accidentally was in. Yeah, that's what it felt like. And every time he showed up in a scene, like when he's at, he's like sleeping on a couch at the dress shop. Yeah. Like it just seemed like, what is he even doing in here? This movie could have existed without him, I think. Yeah. No, no problem at all. There was only one scene where like he was in the car and he pretended to spill coffee on the daughter and she seemed to laugh like yeah. that was a real laugh. And I wondered if that was improvised or something. Yes. That seemed like an honest moment of connection. Yeah. But the rest of it, he did seem, even though they're his own kids, Yeah. the interaction seemed like he wasn't their real dad. <laughs> Which it, is weird. It, it was so weird. Yeah. He is their real dad. <laughs> they should have cast someone else as Adam Sandler to be a, do a better job at being their dad, which makes no sense. <laughs> But it's true. Uh, now that's that's kind of all I got. Yeah. Um, other than that, I just I couldn't understand the main character's motivations. Like, why does she care about this kid so much? This Andy kid. Um, yeah. Again, just, and and he was, you know, and some of these like Yoshida. The what's his name? Yoshida. Paxton Hall Yoshida. Pax, he's in a pretty nice character, right? Yes, he's a, he's a very likable character. Very likable. This this guy was right out of the gate. Like he's pushing the little kids around. Oh yeah. He I just wrote, was like a D-bag right from the start. I said he's a lame, one-note stereotype character that's wholly unlikable as written. No clue why either girls would like him. Yeah. Because that was the problem is Paxton Hall Yoshida, you understand why they like him. Right. Whereas yes. this guy, you're like, every scene that he's in, they do something to show you that he's bad. So he's been showing everyone how bad he is. So why would the girls not see that? I don't understand. Which also makes you sad because the motivation for liking him is that he's popular and all the other girls like him. So it just makes... 
you feel like the girls that are liking him, it takes away from their, you know, you want to think their humanity, their intelligence, all of it, right? That's what I mean. They've they've written them to be unlikable to us. Yes. Usually there's something about the character, their vulnerability or their maturity or their comedic sensibilities, something that makes us sort of want them to succeed or align with them. But this girl is just as shallow as all the other girls and they're interchangeably, you know, boring. Yeah. Lame. And go to any lengths to get popularity or whatever it is they're trying to get. Exactly. Which is even unclear. Anyway. That's all the grumbling I have for this movie, I guess. All right. What about something that didn't need to be in here? This didn't need to be in there. Why, oh, why did they include this scene? This didn't need to be in there. Tell me, what were they thinking? Well, for me, it was any scene with Mateo. (laughs) That kid... If you think back, Dave. Okay. He's Let's the take most. Me, take me back. Okay. I wrote the following sentence. This kid is the most tacked on character in the history of cinema. <laughs> the history of cinema. The history of cinema. Wow. That's a deep cut. Because it's a lot. Yes. Going back for a century or more. It, because just imagine this movie if he were not in it. He seems to, he doesn't do anything until the very end when she's like, oh, I'll dance with him. So maybe like it's gives it gives our main character a chance to pivot to a non asshole. Yes, which could have been that scene was not necessary for the movie either. So he served no other function. He advanced no other part of the plot. He advanced nothing about the the characters' uh, journeys or their relationships to each other. He just was a a thing that walked into a scene and then someone said something about him and then he left. He could have been replaced with a dog or a cat or like a little, uh, like a robot butler or somebody that just... Mateo the robot butler. Right? It did not have to be this kid. It, wow. It was completely, completely insane. Yeah. What an yeah. insanely useless character. The only thing I would possibly guess is that he had to be, the, he was the only glimmer of light in this whole thing. So they needed to contrast something. There was no contrast, so they needed somebody who had some good to them, and maybe that was it. I, but other than that, you're right. It could have been like a lamp, you know? Yes, for, that's what <laughs> a I'm really saying. pretty lamp, like a nice, or you know, or anything. Oh my God, that poor, poor character, poor useless. Mateo. That's that's what I would have excised. That scene, any scene with that kid. I swear to God, I could do a cut of the film right now, remove him, and nothing would change. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. What about you? Um, well, I'm just doubling down the same, the video leak where they play mm. the video that we've already seen, like start to finish. They play it again, start to finish. Um, yeah. At a time when it, it was unnecessary because we've already, the character's already, you know, sunk down as low as we think she can go. And this yeah. just kind of piles onto that and does, and like you say, actually goes a step further and makes her completely irredeemable. Yes. So I think it probably could have served, you know, if she'd have gone in and, maybe they showed the first clip of it and then she stopped it, you know, or something like that, or, you know, something that just showed that she was trying to become better, but to stand there and just cry while the whole thing played, like start to finish. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nuts. It was strange. I, yeah. I don't, I don't disagree. Cause like I said, that was the point that the movie in the movie, when I was totally lost, I'm like, I ah, forget it. I'm totally checked out of this character. So if they hadn't had that, maybe I would have been more, if they did something else to make her a little redeeming before the big, revelation yes that was yeah. their time to do it and they double down on irredeemable yeah okay i'm with you all right what about something you wished you were in i wish i was in that scene it's really freaking cool yeah really freaking cool i wish i was in that scene don't you 
wish I was in the scene with where her parents, um, Lydia's parents, mm-hmm. were prepping for the bat mitzvah. Yes. And they have, obviously, they're spending so much money on this. They've hired DJ Shmuley. We know he's very expensive. <laughs> and they, they have got tight control over everything. Yes. The theme, the, you know, the table settings, like the, you know, the color scheme or whatever. Yeah. And yet, nobody... <laughs> looked at the video that was going to play at the start of her entrance, mm-hmm. right? They just, they got a USB stick with a random file. They never even opened it. It yep. could have been anything on there. It could porn, have been like horse porn. Or just like been... a, a Rambo movie that yeah. it was just renamed. <laughs> Rambo. Right? And they didn't, like, if I were the coordinator of this bat mitzvah, and they're yeah. like, okay, here's the video. I'm like, okay, let's just, let's just check to see if it's good enough quality. Like, is it yeah. HD quality, or is it like a low-res video? Let's just check it for quality control like you've done for literally everything else in this $250,000 bat mitzvah that you've thrown. Edit it, edit it for sound, edit it for length, edit it for... (laughs) Anything. It it makes no sense that somebody didn't... I wish I was the person that was there to to help run this bat mitzvah and be like, let's just have a look at the video choice here, shall we? (laughs) Yes. And and prevented all of this from happening. You could have saved the day, man. There wouldn't there wouldn't have been any requirement for a second bat mitzvah exactly. or none of it. Yeah. What about you then? What scene would you put yourself um, in? I would like to be DJ Shmuley's like, <gasps> like I don't know, tech guy, like help him set up, you know, like like a his, one his... one stop sound guy, you know, just bringing it just like a roadie because I really want to know what this guy's story is. I'd like to get the insight. Like, was he a former Israeli secret service guy? Like, why is he so angry? Why, why is he, he got a toupee? Po- like, yeah. what's What's toupee. going on with DJ Shmuley? Why does he have a toupee when he then puts a helmet on? Yeah, I don't know. And then I just like to sit and listen to whatever it is he's doing and figure out why the hell everybody wants to hire DJ Shmuley. That's what I need to know. You're like a, an insider, like a little spy. Yeah, I just need to, the inside scoop on DJ Shmuley. I feel like I could get there if I was like kind of his right-hand man, the guy that drives his cube van. From, from bat mitzvah to bat mitzvah you're just some like nefarious spy that we send in to like i guess so give us a download on shmooley yeah the download on shmooley <laughs> yeah i i don't understand yeah it's a, you're right dave i would like to have known more i really don't want a spin-off though i don't want like the next oh, film no. to be dj shmooley yeah, dj shmooley shmooley yeah it would not surprise me if he shows up in the next adam sandler movie uh, like though. every rob schneider thing yeah like a cameo oh god Here comes dj shmooley in the background i mean yes. it's a funny name but that's where it begins and ends yep um Okay, did you have any trivia on this? I didn't, did you? I did. Oh, thank God. It's time for trivia, what do you know? I know something that I googled just now. Did you learn anything that I didn't know? I learned something that I googled just now. Because part of it, I didn't really mention it before, but I kind of, I don't know if it was a grumble. I just wanted to know if this is like the scale of bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs like is this is this typical or is this like showing some kind of like wealthy person version of okay. bat mitzvahs or whatever? Okay, well you tell me the right answer because my impression was that what they were seeing in the movie was probably accurate, which is it used to just be a little family affair, but now they're these elaborate things. Well, I think it all depends on your socioeconomic situation, okay. right? I think they can go either way, but I just so popped up. Of course, the first thing I googled was you know biggest bat mitzvah. So um, this fellow David Brooks. In 2006, the no, he was the former CEO of a company that made all the body armor for American troops okay. in, in Iraq. 
Oh my. So massive big company. Um, his daughter Elizabeth Brooks. Um, he he had a bat mitzvah for her. It cost ten million dollars. What? So um, he basically the venue was like the Rainbow Room, which was like two floors uh, of the Thirty Rock building or uh -huh. whatever. He rented that out. And had like jumbotrons put in and like concert ready stage gear and okay. a stage and all that stuff. And the entertainment, he had Aerosmith. What? Come, it came in at $2 million. The Eagles, Stevie Nicks, um, Kiera. Uh, Kesha? Kesh, no. No? No, Kiera? I don't know. I don't know. That. Yeah. 50 Cent. What are you 50, talking about? This is $50, a huge $50,000 to hire it's like 50 Cent. Super Bowl yeah. halftime well, show. Well, exactly. And and for fifty thousand uh, dollars, fifty cent actually changed the lyrics uh, for "Get Shorty" to "Get Shorty." It's your bar mitzvah. It's your bar, you know. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. I... <laughs> uh, the gift bags were worth a thousand dollars a piece. They had like iPods and and camera phones and the hell all kinds of tech gadgets. Anyway, all to say, ten million dollars was the total for this, and this is for like a thirteen-year-old girl's party, right? But of course, this guy David Brooks is now in prison. <laughs> Because it turns out he was like skimming off the top of his company, great, and um, to to afford this lavish lifestyle of like ten million dollar Brett Mitzvahs for his daughter, so now he's in prison. Aerosmith. So, Aerosmith. Yeah, that's an interesting choice, but I guess that's for the older folks, not so much for the thirteen-year-old girl. The Eagles and girl. Aerosmith. What every thirteen-year-old girl wants. Oh yes, yeah, somebody that's the age of their great grandfather or, or singing. Even Fifty Cent. Those are all old people acts. Yeah. Well, I think this is. Yeah, it's more for impressing your friends, is what this sounds like to yeah. me, right? Exactly. Yeah. What a... I'm appalled. Yep. Aerosmith... Some, I'm just trying to think if I were in Aerosmith. And somebody calls you to play a private bat mitzvah party. For how much? Two million? Two million is according to Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. I, absolutely, I would do that. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Yep. Think of what you could do with two million bucks. Yeah, those guys. I mean, you know, record sales are down. They're getting old. They, they, gotta, they could throw their own bat mitzvah. Yep. For one million dollars and then bank the other one million. It would still be awesome. I know. It would be great. So that's, yeah, so that's not typical, obviously, but uh, people do spend lots of money on these things. Apparently. And then go to prison for embezzlement, <laughs> I guess. Maybe Adam Sandler will be in prison. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't, yeah. So what did you think of this film, then? Is this something you would, are you happy to have seen? Would you recommend people see I it? I mean, it wasn't horrible, but it, you know, it was somewhat entertaining. But yeah, I mean, there was no real high points you know like nothing really jumps out at me right this will be completely forgotten I, by I already forgot it by the time we sat down to talk about it just now yeah um yeah i can't say that it was bad and as far as adam sandler flicks goes it's sort of in the top half maybe even yeah because it wasn't really an adam sandler flick it didn't have the usual things in it it's really a kid's flick i guess and that'd be my question to you is this like this is obviously aimed at somebody younger than your daughter. Uh, yes, I'd say so. Like more like my niece, who is exactly the same age. Right. So like grade seven-ish, you know, middle school kids, I guess. So, But I, I don't, don't think she would like it, though. Yeah. I think she's too sophisticated for this. Because my Perhaps. daughter was just like, oh, this is, I can't watch this. <laughs> like she had to leave. It was too cringy for her. She's like, oh, no, these kids are idiots and they're going to do this stupid thing. And Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I would uh, watch it or recommend it to anyone else to watch. But anyway. Yeah, so I'm looking now to see what the number one show is. The number one film in Netflix USA is Love Again. Love Again. I think that's the 
Is that the interactive one? Interactive? There's an interactive one where you get to choose the... Is that what this one is? Is that the Love Island? Or the... What is it called? Um, The one where all the people go on an island and can't have sex? (laughs) Malta, you mean? (laughs) Just just the country of Malta. Um, The country um, of Malta. (laughs) uh, What did I say it was? Love again? Yeah, I don't see it in Canada. Do you think it's in Canada, Dave? So it'll either be Love Again or Jexy is the number one one in Canada. Jexy? Jexy. That sounds interesting. Well, let's just watch Jexy then. Jexy. Because we know it's number one in Canada. J-E-X-I. Jexy. Jexy. It's got a guy. It's got a guy. Just a guy. Picture of a guy with his mouth open looking down. That must be Jexy. That's... (laughs) <laughs> so we're gonna watch Jexy just because we know it's on in Canada. Last time we did this, the number one movie didn't exist in Canada. The, the number yeah. one. From the I US. guess we're not we're not sophisticated enough for some of these things, so they just they won't allow it for our our dainty Canadian eyes. Well, yes. Well, let's see if us dainty Canadians can handle Jexy. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, that's what they think that we would like. Yeah. This is what Netflix <laughs> thinks Canada wants. So let's figure out if you're right, Netflix. Do we want Jexy as opposed yeah. to love whatever? Yeah. Let's find out, Dave. Okay. Jexy for next week. Yes. Some tells me we're going to hate it. Most likely. Okay. Anyway. Can't, I can't wait to hate it. <laughs> okay. At least Adam Sandler's not in it. Probably. <laughs> anyway. All right. Talk to you later. See ya. Bye. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a rating and maybe a review on the Apple Podcast Store. This is the number one thing you could do to help out the show, strangely enough. And it's simple and it's easy and you can do it right now. If you got a bit of extra cash to kick around and want to support the show financially, check us out on whyarepeoplewatchinglist.com. There's a link there to support the show. The music you hear during the show is written and produced by me and my very talented wife. Why Are People Watching This is a production of Outside the Lines Press with support from the Black Box Collective and Anaganish Improv.